Yo, what's up? Welcome to the OK Beast Podcast, episode 40. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adeolier. Joining me this week is a very special guest at Platano Ranger on Twitter. It is Moises. I'm not even going to say your last name. Moises, what's up? Hi there, Blessing. It's Taveras for everybody interested. If you're not, it's fine. I'm not that interested in my last name either. Uh, but yeah, hi everybody. How are you doing? Dude, welcome. So like, I don't even know where to start with you. You're like, uh, and that sounds like I'm about to like attack you or something. I'm not about to attack you. I mean, feel free to attack me. I don't know show. where to start with you. You came in the house. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. So <laughs> what is, who are you? I guess I should start with that. Who are you? I am nobody. We're all nobodies. That, You're that right. got really philosophical. Right. What uh, kind of nobody I, are you? I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a young man, a young man of 19 years old. Uh, I hail from New York City, aka Real America. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a writer. I, I do writing things on the internet and for class. Uh, and I'm a, you know, I like video games just like the rest of you guys. I've been consuming that since I was a wee lad. Nice. And that's, that's, and like, that's me. You're somewhat, you're, I mean, I was going to say you're somewhat new to this internet thing, but are you though? Because I feel like, I feel like we've been following each other on Twitter for like forever at this point. I'm not, I'm not new to the the internet thing. Uh, I've become a much more frequent user of Twitter mm. in the last year and a half and somewhere i think somewhere between kind of funny live last year and obviously now uh we followed each other and i think i actually followed you before kind of funny live because i had heard about you in the in the facebook group and then yeah at some point you followed me back and then i just started giving you shit for random opinions <laughs> and here we just are like, yeah but- People, people like talk and trash me for like my random opinions. Is basically my that's my whole existence. Uh, to on be the internet. to be fair, you have you have some garbage opinions. I but do. It's okay, it's okay. I do. You're entitled to it. But that's what makes me. That's what makes us us, right? Like, for example, I think fast. I think I think Too Fast Too Furious it, is a very great it, movie. Say it. Oh. And I I made that tweet. Looked at my phone like a, a not even not a few minutes, but like maybe like fifteen to twenty minutes later, thirty eight. 38 interactions on Twitter off of Too Fast, Too Furious is a good movie. I don't know if I'd say that's like a controversial opinion, but apparently that is my, a controversial my, opinion. My opinions that is, get a rise out of people for some reason. That is want, the controversial opinion. If all, if every movie could be, if every Fast and Furious movie could be Too Fast, Too Furious, I think it'd be a, a better franchise overall. How? <laughs> because here, you gotta look at you gotta look at it like this, right? The first Fast and Furious. Not not a great movie, right? Not was, good at all. Yeah, not, not good at all. Not really. good. If that movie was too fast too furious, it would have been better. Tokyo Drift. Sucked. Bad movie. If that movie was too fast too furious, it would have been better. Do you know why? Because they the Too Fast Too Furious introdu- introduced Tyrese. Right? Too Fast Too Furious had uh Ejecto Cito cuz, it had We Hungry, and it had a dude crashing in a boat. No, crashing a car into a boat. Right? Like <laughs> I'll give you a Jectocito, cause <laughs> um, the We Hungry thing, I've that never caught on with me. I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Fast and the Furious fan. Um, mm-hmm. Like that beef is mostly yours to pick with the rest of the kind of funny community. But I just can't stand by you saying that Too Fast, Too Furious 
That movie was good. Remotely a good movie. That movie was also, pretty good. Sure, that one gave us Tyrese, but Tokyo Drift gave us Han. Who cares about Han? Everybody keeps talking about Han. Like, Han Han is like, Han doesn't do anything. He's just, he, he's cool. He's chill. Exactly. That's, about that's it. all you need. That's all you need. Tyrese you don't need is to hilarious. be a 3D character in, in the Fast and the Furious series, okay? You just need to be cool, and you need to eat those dumb fucking potato chips that he carries around all the time. That's I don't know, it. man. Liking Han as a character... Also, I mean, he not... got Giselle. Okay, that was impressive, but that made no sense. I was like, why is Giselle over here with this mute mother... Like, here's the thing. <laughs> having Han as a favorite character in Too Fast and Furious... In, no, not Too Fast. In, in Fast and Furious is like having like wallpaper be like the favorite part of a house like it's like it's like watching pain try like the dude is boring the dude does nothing but for some reason you're just attracted to it for some reason like it doesn't make sense to me uh but uh tyrese is the homie all types of wrong like tyrese is cool i'm not gonna say that tyrese isn't cool roman roman's a nice guy yeah again ejecto cedo cuz beautiful yeah but i don't know i just can't put him above Han. fair enough um, so funny thing is you're on this podcast because Ian was like, Hey, yo, why, why hasn't Moses been on our Moises been on our podcast yet? And I was you like, could say it either, you could say my name well, either way. Okay, cool. I'm just making sure. Uh, and I was like, Oh, homie, you're right. We need to get Moises on the podcast. I'd tweet you. I'm like, yo, come on our podcast. All of a sudden Ian's not here because Ian, his father is getting surgery, I believe. And so our thoughts go out to go out to Ian for one, yes. but yeah. also what the heck Ian I like went through this work to get Moises on the podcast, and all of a sudden, like you're you're gone. And so, um, if you're listening to this, it's too late. You should listen to that mixtape by Drake. I even, I even replied with an anime GIF, just Jeff. because of Ian. You said GIF. I think you mean Jeff. You're starting <laughs> with the unpopular opinions again. This is what happens when we like, could do that. We could do this all show. This is what happens when somebody I interact with regularly on Twitter actually comes on the podcast. Is I become my Twitter self, and then I just like spew these like controversial you be- things. You, you become a shit poster in real life. All right, exactly. Good, good to know. I'm just gonna steer clear of you in San Francisco. That's it. Oh, dude, I don't know how I'm gonna function in San Francisco because I have so many people I need to hang out with, and like I'm trying to and figure you're not, out. How you're I'm not gonna... there for too long either, are you? Right? No, I'm I'm there from Wednesday to Sunday, like Wednesday to Sunday evening. Not even I I leave like my plane leaves at like four, and so I need to figure it out because I have three days to hang out with like three hundred people. Yeah, <laughs> like I, think I have a list of people. I'm going. I think I'm gonna be there from from Wednesday to Tuesday. So oh, just, sick! Like everybody's gonna be gone. After like Sunday, really, uh, maybe I'll see if people do things on Monday. I'm mostly just going to like actually see San Francisco mm-hmm. because when I went last year, I kind of like I, I walked around a bit, but I mostly went to community meetups and then the show. Mm. So wait, I just want to. You were there last more things last year. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Did yeah, I meet you last year? I, no, we didn't meet. Oh, okay. I saw, like I here's the thing: I've seen just about everybody. Like, mm-hmm. I saw you. I saw Alex Van Aken. Of course. Mm-hmm. O'Neal, I didn't see for a long time, but whatever. He's dead to me. You're not really Alex. I love you. He's dead to all of us. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I saw Alex. I saw you. I saw Ali. Like, I saw a bunch of you from Allie very was there? far away. Why yeah, don't I remember Ali being there. there? I did not know she was there. Huh. Yep. Well, I messed the up. On- I didn't the only people anybody. I really, only people I really interacted with are... Uh, the guy who put me up, 
for mm. for the weekend for free cameron who i love dearly um ben who i met through cameron and then we just kept running into each other which cameron is this uh cameron o'neill oh yeah okay he lives in he lives in seattle like we live yes, in the same city yeah he lives in seattle. yeah he's offered to to put me up if i ever go for for pax prime because mm-hmm. it's not pax west it's pax prime hmm. um and i bumped into trevor a lot so i kept him from drinking alcohol and kept talking his ear off mm-hmm. and then yeah like I, I ran into a bunch of people just randomly like at, like at the hotel bar like after the show i just i met most people there but yeah, I was there, and I we didn't meet, and I was actually really sad about that because I remember you putting up a poll about <laughs> like if you if you should wear like a I think it was a Kanye shirt or a shirt with the baby picture on it. Yeah, and I voted for the baby picture shirt. Yeah, I wanted to I I wanted to do it, but I ended up not doing it just because I I think I got lazy, uh, and I was like I don't feel like spending money on this thing. I should have done fine. it. We all it it would have been the best idea brand wise to like have my baby picture on my shirt. You keep you keep like asking everybody like what's your brand as if you want to change it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something I totally understand. Yeah. But you screwed yourself over because you've you've stuck with the baby for too long now. I really have. Like I keep I keep you wanting to change the baby. The baby. I change I've changed it a couple times on Facebook so like other pictures I have of like my actual I mean the baby is me but like my my current self but like it people don't recognize me or don't pay attention to me when I'm not the baby, and so now I'm like I'm just stuck with this thing. Like I really want to change the baby so people can n- know how I actually look. Um, that's one of the reasons why I changed my cover p- photo on Twitter from like the Scott Pilgrim thing to a picture of me holding Donkey Kong 64 because like I I need to get my the face. Photoshops of that picture are incredible. By oh yeah, I'm gl- I'm so glad I did that. Ian made like most of them. Ian made like nine out of ten of them. Ian's Ian's a. Uh... A creative uh, monster. He, he, he is. Likes, he likes the busy work a lot. He's the personification of the internet. I think. Yes. Like, yes. He is very much the internet becoming a, <laughs> become a person. It's it's almost as if Ian and the internet were both mistakes. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Uh, to clarify for people who are listening who might not even be familiar with Kind of Funny or Kind of Funny Live, Kind of Funny Live is the live show that Kind of Funny the YouTube channel uh throws and i've gone for the last one year this next one is my second year um same here and for other people who might not be familiar with the podcast or for returning listeners the okb's podcast is a gaming and nerd culture centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world we are the official podcast of okbs.com if you like the show remember to subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice visit okbs.com and follow at okbsnow on Twitter, sadly, Ian isn't here. If you haven't noticed yet, like, if you haven't noticed that Ian's not here yet, then um, we gotta have a talk. Um, or if you're new, Maybe. there's another there's another guy named Ian that's usually on this podcast, but yeah, he's not here. Um, and so Moises is here to take his place, even though you would have been here anyway if he was still here. Um, Ian, I'm coming for your job. I mean, dude, if you do good enough, I'll I'll let you replace him in a minute, man. I like, mean, if we're being if we're being totally frank. We're like what, fifteen minutes in, and I think I'm already killing it. Dude, you're Ian here's the not... do you want do you want me to do my Ian impression? Yes, please enlighten me. Oh, bless, bless. So I got a question. Uh, so if if you could make any video game in anime, what what would it be? <laughs> That's my Ian impression. I don't know. Ian, for the last it's couple spot weeks, spot on. 
it's, Th- it's oh, thanks. not like a bad impression. Appreciate it. For the last like since like so there's this thing that's been happening where like since daylight savings, uh, I decided that I'm gonna keep the podcast for myself at five o'clock p.m., <laughs> which moves the podcast back for him an hour to like mm. nine a.m. And so like he's just been doing the podcast really tired. Yeah, because he, he wakes up and does the podcast. Right? Yeah, he he like wakes up and rolls into the podcast. And so I so like I've been listening the last few weeks and, I'll, and I'm like, man, Ian's like really tired. And like this last this last week, I've been like, man, should I like change the time we record? I've been trying to work it out in my head of like when we could change it so that like it would work out for both of us. But dude, if you do good enough, I could just replace him with you, and that could solve all my problems. I'm more than and that. so, yeah, dude, let's do it. Uh, this will be your audition. All right, all right. So to start off. To start off your audition, I'm going to give you a question that I ask Ian every week. Uh, what have you been up to this week? What have I been up to? Um, I've been watching a lot of Netflix. I decided to take this week off from just about everything and redevelop my life to Netflix and watching everything on it. Because um, if I don't watch, if I don't alternate properly between video games and running a site and netflix then one of those things goes and it's usually netflix unfortunately so yeah mm-hmm. i've been catching up on a lot of shows and movies that i've missed nice uh, yeah i i finally finished 13 reasons why what are your thoughts oh man without I've spoilers s- without spoiler you haven't seen it right no i've seen it just oh, for the audience that has that. yeah oh, I've, I, okay. dude i watched that i i binged that so quickly like it wasn't even a joke like i i binged it so quick that i thought i was in the show <laughs> I was like, man, they're like, man, why haven't you listened to this tape yet? And I was like, man, why haven't I listened to this tape yet? I just went to the last episode. That's how serious I, I was binging that show. It's the ultimate form of empathy, binging. Not video games, binging a Netflix show. Exactly. Um, no, I, I, I really liked it. Um, it, it, it. It struck a nerve in, in a good way. Uh, it, it dredged up uh, things that I haven't had to deal with since since high school um which of course hasn't been that long ago because i'm i'm a child uh but no that it was sh- it was good it has bad writing mm-hmm. not not crazy bad writing but really bad writing every now and then like for example the main character at one point says to another guy who's being unhelpful he calls him unhelpful yoda unhelpful yoda unhelpful yoda and i i cringed really hard at that it's not yeah. the best line reading or the best line writing I've ever seen, and a lot of a lot of the things they say. I mean, it, the whole show is a big PSA, so a lot of it is heavy-handed and like down your throat, but in a, in a good way, I guess. So I can forgive it. Um, but no, it it brings light to to subjects that a lot of shows are not willing to touch on. So I appreciate it for that. I watched it really weirdly though, where I was I was on vacation upstate at my friend's college and at one point like a whole bunch of us split up so i went to their dorm room like without them and their roommates who are friends of mine they were watching it and i just kind of sat down and started watching it with them not knowing that i was watching like the last three episodes of the show oh god so i watched the i watched the ending of the show before i even watched Dude, that would ruin the whole show like, I mean, I don't know if I could go back and watch the rest of it at that point, but I did. 
I did. Man, I sat how... I sat down this week and I was just like, I want to watch from the beginning. And believe how... it or not, that <laughs> ending still messes you up the second time around. I was gonna say, like, how did that affect your viewing of the show? Because like the last three episodes are like the pinnacle of like the the, the whole show changes in in the last like three episodes. And yeah. so having that in your mind, did it change like the whole? I don't know, like feeling of watching it through like the first like 10 or whatever. It intensified it actually. Like mm-hmm. knowing that that was coming, I was wondering, I was wondering how it would build to that. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously the last few th- tapes are really, really, really dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like if, if that was like, if that was it, I just wanted to know like, if it would start off with like little things that would piss off like a teenager, like the mm-hmm. the small things that like shouldn't get to you but does get to you because you're a teenager, and then it snowballs into obviously suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like that, it, it just kind of intensified it because I was I was just paying more attention. I wanted to see like how how like I could get there, basically if I was like in her situation. And like, what are the small things that would get me there? So, yeah, no, that was an intense viewing for me, even Man. even the second time around. Yeah, that's crazy. Especially, oh, well, I don't know if this is spoilers, so I don't know if I should say it. Uh, mm. So the protagonist has a tape. They make it very clear in the beginning mm-hmm. of the show that he he has a tape, and that's why he's listening to them. So I, I feel like that's not much of a spoiler. Mm-hmm. His tape is a rough one for me personally to get through just because actually I can't say why that's, <laughs> that's actually a spoiler, mm-hmm. but no. Yeah. That show's dark and I love it, but I'm never going to see it again. Yeah. Dude. Like I, for I me, can't. I, I think that show, like since I watched that show, I've like been treating people better. Like I've been thinking like a lot more about treating people better and like being mm-hmm. better to people, which I, I, I don't know. I feel like this last year is like a thing that I ha- have not had like cognizant in my mind. And like, that sounds like a horrible thing just to like say or like think that like, Oh, I don't need to like worry about other people. But like, I don't know. After watching the show, I've, I've like, I've had like a switch in my brain. I think lately too, with there's been like a lot of media that's been, that's been coming out like regarding suicide. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know what spurred that. Like, I know there was like the, um uh Aaron Her- Aaron Hernandez is that who that was? Yeah, Aaron the Hernandez the, the football player. Uh and then like that shooter that uh was on like the run and then like killed himself after like mm-hmm. the McDonald's drive-through thing. Um Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of suicide things came up. Yeah. Like and it's those, weird because... those things that you were talking about and um I mean it's it's more for like us and our friends mm-hmm. but like the like the game over Greg's show had its suicide episode. Yeah, it had a suicide recently. episode. Yeah, and then, and then like yeah, the so Logic like album, that, there's a song yeah, about Logic suicide. Has the, and then the Suicide Hotline. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like it's a yeah. it's a weird thing because it's not like these things are are particularly planned because like I mean you can't plan like I'm gonna have this unless, thing come out and then this guy's gonna commit suicide unless you're the Illuminati. Planned all of this. <laughs> the Illuminati is like we're gonna teach this we're gonna, gonna teach society about suicide awareness and depression. See, they're not all that bad. <laughs> we're gonna do it by killing two people. No, yeah, it's. Yeah. It, that part no yep but it's like it's <laughs> it's weird how like all these things kind of like came at the same time and i feel like i knew somebody that might have committed suicide recently but i can't fi- no i did i do i do know somebody that committed suicide like earlier this year and so like it's a weird like thing where 
all these things kind of converge at once. And I think for me, it's affected me in a way where now I'm doing, I'm purposely trying to treat people better and be better to people because of all these things. And it's, I don't know, it's stuck in my brain more. Um, and I don't know, like, I, like, I know, like I've, I've dealt with like sadness. I've dealt with like depression, like since like high school and dealing with that stuff. But like, it's never been a, like, I, I've never had like recently like had any thoughts of like suicide or anything, but there's still this yeah. show like affected me, still. Uh, and so yeah, like for people who haven't who haven't seen the show, I'd say check it out for sure. Uh, you said like it's a PSA for sure, which is why I think I I think it's it's necessary. Like I would have said like this is a thing to even like show your like your your kids in high school or something like that. But towards the end, maybe not. Like t- the the show gets pretty graphic, and so maybe not your high yeah. maybe like censor I mean, part of it for your high school if, kids. Yeah. Unless they're mature enough, teachers are listening to this podcast. Oh God! Make sure if you're going to show the end, the ending episodes, like the last four episodes, that your class is uh, suitably prepared. Because the thing is that, like, Saved by the Bell has done PSAs before. This is a very not Saved by the Bell PSA. This this is a show that tackles like it's even more than suicide. Like it's. It's like a lot of just the problems that plague teenagers. Um, so it's a, it's like a good informative thing to show, but it's just because they're teenage issues doesn't mean they treat it like with the lens of a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it goes there like it's very mature for the age of the people it's trying to speak to. So, yeah, if anybody feels yeah. like showing this to somebody, just make sure they are prepared because it's 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 triggering like i i hate to use that term but like people have used it around me like describing the show and like it wasn't triggering for me but i could understand why it is for others no yeah like for real like i I was gonna say something similar along the fact that like a couple a few of the episodes like a couple of the episodes start off with like a trigger warning at the beginning yeah they do yeah yeah, and i was like man freak out of here with this bring it on i watched like I, i got to the scene that like the thing was referring to and i was like oh god that's like some like oh that like watching that kind of thing might actually like change you like, like scar you like i was like man this is actually like this this is this kind of necessitates like the warning it gives like it's pretty it it, it goes places um but i think it, it I yeah um, no, i was just gonna say like i kind of don't like that it's it's maybe coming back for like a second season it's been like i don't like really it successful so like they're doing that i hope here's the hope if they do that don't make it a second season to the show. Make it its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't make it thirteen reasons why. Like season two, uh, just give it a completely different name or whatever. In the that, news, I, I feel like that just kind of like craps on. I think the, the news that I've seen about it have like have like mentioned that they're coming back. Like the same characters, like the same actors and characters no, are coming back. Yeah, like they can do the same actors. I just really want it to be like, just just title it something different. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel oh, like yeah, I yeah. know I know the arc I feel that they're gonna take based on some of the things that happen near the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um there's specifically like one recurring motif in like the last two episodes that kind of makes me feel like I know where it's going. And if it's gonna go there, I'd rather it just be its own show. Uh just because the PSA of that season, as far as what I believe it to be, is going to be uh very different from like the 13 reasons why like a teenager committed suicide so just mm-hmm. 
Just keep that in mind, creators of 13 Reasons. Selena Gomez, tear yourself away from the weekend and keep that in mind when you're making season <laughs> two. Man. So let's talk let's talk about games. What okay, games have yeah. you been playing? Persona five. How so we talked a little bit about this on the before the podcast. You're how many hours into it? As of my last save, I'm 104 hours into the game, and that's not including the times that I've lost hours of my time to deaths. So, I'm, I take it that you like the game. Uh, you could say that. You know. Yeah, you like it. Uh, you're, you've played three more or three times as much as me because I'm like 30 something hours into it. That makes um, me really sad. Man, I don't know. See, Persona is such a hard game to talk about because everything's a spoiler. That like, is true. Especially yeah. because the language that Atlas was using around launch was don't talk about this game or, or we, we will, will come find for you. you. Yeah. yeah. It's almost We it's, have a special set of skills. We will find you. Yeah, it's like they're the game in game industry Liam Neeson out here. Like, yo and they, they like they uh let up on it a little bit. But even like even so, they're just like I'd say they that po- they let up on it pretty well. Like yeah. the point that they that they don't want you to get to is the point that I just reached last night which is really the turning point in the story okay okay so, so that makes sense then yeah like they, they pushed it back from like in the middle of july mm-hmm. to november 19th in the game so and i mean that took me That's about a 100 hours to get yeah so because i'm I about like to hit for, july i'd still i'd still like for the whole game to be available to share mm-hmm. but at the same time you did kind of good, Atlas. Yeah, it still pisses me off because this stuff is blocked on PS4. Like you can't, yeah, like, like I still share can't screenshots, take screenshots and you st- yeah, videos. And I hate because I, I I hate because there's there's been quite a few times where I'm like taking a shot with my phone. I'm like, this is it's not the same. It's yeah. not the same. I have to like screenshot I, that bad localization. I wa- I wanted to uh I wanted to share a picture of a conversation I was having with one of the confidants, where I was like, he's kink shaming me, and then I try to take a, mm-hmm. a screenshot. And it told me no, and I was like, I mean, my phone is next to me, but do I really want to reach to my phone, Yeah. zoom in on the screen, and take the picture, rather than just click a button, or yeah. write a little message on my PS4, which I'm already on, and then share it. And the thing, but, that I also, the thing that I also hate about that specifically is the fact that whenever I earn a trophy, it then pops up with the, with the other messages like, oh, we can't screenshot can't. this. Yeah. I'm like, this kind of ruins the experience a bit, like how that pops was, up every time i was just getting to the point where i like those screenshots too mm-hmm. but yeah same here yeah like my favorite game of the year decided to take it away from me so now <laughs> now i'm just salty i feel you yeah. i feel you but no yeah that game is great 100 hours in that game is fantastic do um, you have you play persona 4 right yes what do you like it better than persona 4 I think it's better than Persona 4 in every conceivable way. Really? The problem is, Persona 4, I still love so much. Mm-hmm. Like, it, as a game, it just it literally improves on everything that Persona 4 did. And it's, it's not even that Persona 4 did so many things wrong. It's just, I mean, it's a 2008 game compared to its technically 2016 sequel. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's been like eight years in the making. So, I... I figured it would be like a better game in every game aspect. I'm just surprised how much better it is. Hmm. But yeah, no, like Persona Five is pff, it's beyond belief how much better than Persona Four. That game. Really, I so yeah. 
I played Persona 4 Golden for the first time last year. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm a, wait, you, you also played it for the first time last year? I played it over like the month of... Okay, I started it in like February last year. Mm-hmm. And then I got to Yukiko's Castle. And then I stopped. And then I picked it back up, in, I think, in June and beat that. And I made mm-hmm. it to Kanji. And then I stopped. And then I dedicated like two weeks in August where I was doing just nothing. Mm-hmm. And every day I was going to sleep at five in the morning and waking up at like 10 and then playing it all day. Oh my God. Okay. But yeah, Man, that's like cra- that, that, that was August for me. It's crazy how many people played this game for the first time last year. Cause, cause Ian also played this game for the first time last year. I was, I remember actually putting up a post in the Facebook group about going into kind of funny live about like, Hey, if you see like the awkward kid just playing persona Four golden, you know, <laughs> slap his Vita out of his hand and say hi to him because that's me, and I'd mm-hmm. like to talk to you guys. But yeah, I, di- I didn't even end up playing it on the trip. I I played it months later. Man, so so far being like thirty something hours into Persona Five, yeah. I still don't know if I could say I like it be- like better at all than Persona Four. But I th- I I still think I'm in the phase. I mentioned this like a couple weeks ago where like I was like ten hours into Persona Five and when I was like thinking in my head of like, I don't know if I like this as much as persona four, I had to take into account the fact that like I play persona four for like 90 hours or something. And mm-hmm. so like I'm comparing persona five at 10 hours to persona four at 90 hours. Like, of course I'm not going to have like the same like feeling yeah. about it. Um, I think currently I'm liking it. There's just like a few things. And I, I think one of it, one of it is like, I'm, I'm kind of persona exhausted. Like I played so much persona within the last year that I'm just I, like, I get you. Yeah, then I'm just like I, I guess putting more persona on top of all the all, all the four I just played is it might be too much for me. Um but also I'm still getting used to like the differences even though I'm on the third dungeon. Like I'm like the I don't like the cover system that they have in like the in the dungeon. Yeah. So, some I I part of me doesn't even like the fact that the dungeons are like tailored as opposed to like random. How dare you? I don't I don't know what it is. I think I'm just like such like a I might just be like a real a, a big Persona 4 fanboy. My like I might just be so used to Persona 4 that I'm just like I want everything to be this. But I do what I do like about Persona 5 is I like I, it it seems more darker, which I'm a very big fan of. Like I I like dark stuff. Like look at me. Like I like dark stuff. <laughs> uh and like I There's the first it, black joke of the podcast. <laughs> Oh man, I I've held back. I I'm always holding back black jokes because like over the years things have, things in America have gotten more like dire. And like I feel like I feel like if I make a black joke at any second, I might just cause a war. And so I'm holding you I'm really, holding it back you, the best I ones. I mean, you might. Yeah. Uh, Colbert made a, a a cock joke. Oh, he did, yeah. The FCC is apparently now looking into him. Are you, yeah, I saw like like hashtag fire Colbert trending, and I was like, who hates Stephen Colbert? Like, I didn't know people disliked him at all. I mean, yeah, I I like him. I like him. I can understand why people don't, but mm-hmm. yeah, like he he made like a he made a joke about Trump and his relationship with Russia, and now like there is a serious investigation going into like Colbert instead of Russia, <laughs> which is about as well as I can put like how horrible. America's situation is, but this yeah, is not man. a show about politics, so we can. I mean, it can be. This is basically a show about everything. No, uh, p- politics, politics. Yo, speaking of everything, we gotta talk about lo- uh, everybody about logic. But uh, 
okay wrapping up on persona uh oh. i like i like the darkness of it i like the color palette I like red and black red and black are my two favorite colors together uh but yeah what were you gonna say no i i saw with that um the thing that it, the thing that it rubbed me the wrong way about persona 5 was just that uh this i mean this might be kind of spoilery but the game has been out for a month and a day now so i feel like i can at least say this um it goes really dark in the beginning like on it does the first on the first go and then it kind of eases off a bit like it, it explores mm-hmm. other evils but i mean i'm i'm basically on the last uh palace now and personally and i feel like to a lot of people the first offense like the first dungeon's evil guy and like the specific evil that he did feels a lot more like intimate and intense and dark than most of the others. Mm. That being said, the game is still dark. Like that's kind of why I like persona, like persona, especially four, like four, a thing that I really liked about it was that it's like, it's the Japanese countryside. And whenever you think of any countryside, it's really like nice and pleasant and all Mm -hmm. the characters are, but also all the characters, they don't have like evil motivations, but they have dark secrets and like resentments of each other and greater things about like Japanese society. And so Persona 5 keeps going with that. And that's why I love Persona. Mm. But yeah, I, I can't give you a better review of Persona other than, and I, I posted like a tweet about this like two weeks back. Every time the game starts up, I let the intro sequence play and I dance my ass off. That's the mm-hmm. best review I can give you for Persona 5. It's amazing. Uh, what are your views on Logic's new album? Okay, so I saw that you put it in the doc, and I had been listening to it earlier today, mm-hmm. um, but I stopped because I saw another thing uh... that you put on the doc that we're going to get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of sped through listening to it through for the first time, like right before the show. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. Yeah. Um. I had seen Logic on, God, I don't know how many times I'm going to reference Kind of Funny. Uh, I had seen Logic on, like, their games, their their E3 show. Gamescast, yeah. Yeah, and um, he was really, he was a really cool guy. He was a really positive guy. And I did not think that that was going to carry over into his music as much as it has. Because oh, yeah. I'm going to be straight up. I listened to, like, two songs off of, I think, like, Bobby Tarantino was the mm-hmm. name. And that's like the most exposure I had to Logic until this album. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that being said, it's really good. It's really positive. I like I like the dude. He I, like a lot of rap and a lot of just like art nowadays tries to be like really. I mean, you said it earlier with like Persona, like art has tended to go more dark nowadays. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, considering how dark real life is right now, so we might want a little positivity. Yeah. Um, and I like that he's not like that. I like that he's not really enigmatic. I like that he's 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 preaching the good word. He's like Chance. That's why I like him. He's they're so youthful, and like so like I I don't know if he does like any like as much activism as Chance tries to do in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like put it past logic to be just as like just as much of a good samaritan as as chance but yeah no they're they're both like really good young men making good positive music for their audiences and that is not a thing that happens very often so two thumbs up for me 
Like, I totally agree. Like, I, I listened to the album for the first time this morning. And, like, I listened to it once, and I was like... Because I'm a very big Logic fan. Like, his his first album, Under Pressure, I, I like, adore that album. Uh, also, really, I really like uh, uh, the the Incredible True Story, which is the second album, Bobby, Tar- Bobby Tarantino. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, is good. That, it's like his mixtape. And so... Is the Incredible uh, True Story the one that has him and, like, a whole bunch of people, like, in a spaceship on the yeah. cover? Yeah. Yeah, I remember a lot of my friends. I feel like that came out at the end of high school for me. It came and out twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was was that the fall of twenty fifteen or like before? Uh, fall of twenty fifteen, I think. Okay, so I would have. I mean, I would have been. Yeah, I would have been out of college for like a semester at that point. But a lot mm-hmm. of my friends were hyping that up. I never got around to listening to it, but I saw that a lot of people had started listening to Logic. Mm-hmm. I probably should have taken that as like my first sign that I should be listening to him, but like the title of my website, I'm really late to everything. By the way, so, you so okay. This this actually this angered me because you haven't plugged your website yet. I don't and like plugging. That's why. before this pot. You're supposed to you're supposed to love plugging. When I when I said who are you, you're supposed to be like, oh yeah, late to the game. Uh, oh, is, is that what I was supposed to do at that point? Yeah, I should. I'm bad see, at podcasting. This, this, it's fine. This is me teaching you. We talk. We talk <laughs> about this for the podcast. Where I need, I, I need to get. I need to give you the secrets of how to like be. Su- I'm not even successful. I was going to say how to be successful. I'm not. I can't teach you that. I mean, you're more successful but, than me. Relative I'm not. success. Do you know how many listeners we have on the show? I'm one of them. You, you, you are the listener. So I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I know there's. I'm for, <laughs> for other people listening. I, I'm kidding. I see you. I see you. I see all of you. All ten of you. I see you. And I love you very much. Um, there are dozens of us. There's, do- there's tens of us. Uh, but no, yeah, like late to the game is your thing. It's like it's like a new thing, fairly right, relatively. Yeah, uh, I I started plotting it out at the end of last year because I wanted to do something in in terms to uh, games media. I launched it on January first to start off the new year on a on the proper footing. And yeah, that's that's my website slash blog where i write about being fashionably late to to video games because uh i mean i have my motivations the main one was like a joke where i'm so broke that i wait for sales which come really far down the line in a game's life cycle mm-hmm. unless you're doom in which case it happens like two months later uh i still haven't played doom doom you really yeah i haven't touched it oh doom is so good um, if Overwatch hadn't happened last year, Doom would be my shoot, like my shooter and maybe my game. No, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was one of my games of the year, but it would have definitely been my shooter of the year. Um, but yeah, it started as a joke about me being too broke to afford games. And then because of No Man's Sky, like I'd stopped trying to view games through like the hype lens because mm-hmm. obviously that game, I think the game was fine. I I had come to terms with what it was, but a lot of people hadn't. So I thought it was mm-hmm. fine. Even then, like it bored me after about a week and a half. Uh, but yeah, like viewing games more for what they are instead of what we what we want them to be or what other people want them to look like to us was another one of like the philosophies behind late to the game. And yeah, I've been doing a really crappy job of actually putting out content regularly, but. I'm, I'm I'm trying here. This is my first swing at the thing, and uh, it's it's been it's been nice. It's been the most rewarding work I've I've done in my life. 
the one piece that I did not really try hard on was my most successful piece. I feel I <laughs> feel happens. some type of way about, but that it's happens. fine. It's I've fine. had the same thing happen to me. It was it was actually a piece. Um, I think it might have been the first one that you saw as well, which was uh, what was it? It was my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Or I like I just ran through a bunch of things and then like at one point I like subtly roasted No Man's Sky and then and a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people liked it and a lot of people retweeted and like that got a fair amount of views like that has the most individual views mm-hmm. on the page. One time I tweeted a dumb thing at Adam Kovic and a lot of people liked it and so a lot of people found themselves on my page and a lot of people just looked at the homepage. Mm-hmm. So I, I checked my site at like four in the morning and I saw, oh, 250 people visited the site. And I was like, what the hell? Man, what am I doing? I need to start tweeting at Kovic. Tweet at Adam Kovic. He won't notice, but other people will. <laughs> um, But yeah, that's that's my thing. Um, nice. Right now I'm finishing up a three-piece thing about like boss philosophy, like the philosophy behind a boss fight. Uh, And I, I'm, I'm mainly focused in on Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Um. I my last piece that I need to I need to finish is about the actual fight itself because I did the boss room, the story of the boss, which um, Chase Williams, you know him, Chase gave mm-hmm. me shit about because he thinks the the fighting is the best part and he thinks the story is eh. Uh, and yeah, now I have to do the fight, which I've been brainstorming because I've had trouble thinking up how exactly to write it that's that's coming soon mm. and then yeah i i have a whole bunch of games on my xbox that i want to play like jet set radio because i i want to get even older games up because there's so many games that i missed like growing uh, growing up i was a playstation kid and even then my playstation one we gave to my cousins almost immediately my playstation two i broke within a few months I didn't even get a PlayStation 3 until World at War, so I missed everything before that. Mm-hmm. The Like, the PS4 was the only time I've been really on top of my game. Mm. But there's a million games that I haven't played, and I want to cover all of that. And nice. that's late to the game. Awesome. So back to Logic. Uh, so, <laughs> I've listened, so I said I listened to Logic's album once in the morning, and I was like, okay, this is like pretty good. Uh, this is like pretty good. And I just never stopped listening to it. I've been listening to it up until this podcast. That album is incredible. Everybody should go listen to it. It is amazing. Uh, it is very positive, like you said. It is very energetic. It is. I, the, on the way home, I was like, man, like Logic might be the Fast and Furious of like rappers. Like, like he raps fast. He's not like twisted or anything like that. But like he, his whole thing is his flow, right? And so like he's he's really old school in that way. Is. Weirdly. Because yeah. a, a lot of people don't focus on being really like, yeah, like when I when I really sat down and thought about it, I was like, he's almost trying to be Twista. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like nobody has tried to be Twista since Twista. So this is like just his flow is a crazy throwback. It's like a mixture between like, like representative of the new wave. Yeah, it's like a mixture between like Twista and like '90s rap. Like it's very it's very much like I'm gonna stay in the pocket and I'm gonna like make sure I'm my my words his I I liken his words to like gunshot bullets like of a machine gun like it's like it's like he's going like mm-hmm. one two three and he's like he's killing it like I I'm trying to think of it, if I know any of his lyrics like he has one he has one line I'm about to like rap on podcast which I never do but he has like yes. one verse it goes uh 
do I even know this verse? Get down or lay down, hit you with the Beretta. No, get down or lay down, hit you with the Beretta. You better stay down. Straight shots on the playground, living how I'm living with the life that I'm giving anybody. I, can, I can't do it like logic because I'm not logic. But, yeah. like, basically, like, his words flow so nicely together. Like, his, it, it sounds like his, his voice is an instrument, pretty much. Like his I'm, word, I'm almost it, surprised he hasn't rapped so fast that he just, like, he laps his own lyrics. Like, oh, yeah. they just start layering on top of each other. Yeah. The song is just a bunch of incoherent stuff. Like, that's how fast Logic is. Like, listen um, to Gang Related, because that's one of my favorite verses from him. Gang Related? Like, Gang Related okay. is so good. Because that's when I was just rapping. Where I want to try it again, because I know I know the lyrics. I just haven't rapped it in forever. I used to get it perfectly, where it was like, ah, okay, I'm going to try it again. Sorry, okay. listeners, that you have to, like, bear through this. But this is me hanging out with Moses right now. Get down or lay down. Hit you with the Beretta. You better stay down. Straight shots in the playground. Living how I'm living with the light that I'm giving. Anybody that's riding with me, I'm riding with and Show me the enemy and I'm going to hit him the second I get him and bit him and hit him with the venom. Ain't no need to pretend I'm a, I never do what I do. I've already been through it. I do it for the street, for the fame, for the life. Anybody that's gang related. I probably butchered butcher some of those lyrics, but that was the verse right Bravo. there. Thank you for listening to OKB's pot. No, I'm kidding. But like, <laughs> dude, like, he is very good at putting words together and making them flow. And like he's not necessarily like he doesn't have like the best punchlines. Like his punchlines aren't bad at all. Like his punch his punchlines are great actually. Like his yeah. lyrics themselves are great, but they're not like they're not like gonna make you like think in depth. Like they're not like super he's a, deep he's a layered really lyrics. Forward rapper. Yeah, like, exactly. You, you can tell like off of listening to just just like a bit that like his messages aren't layered. They're just meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get why rappers would feel like they need to have super deep layered lyrics i'm really a fan of like more sh- stripped down like simple things like i know i know you don't share this opinion but i really like the beatles um f the beatles and i think i think i'm their kidding best album i think the best album is uh, <laughs> i just say for the internet joey noel don't kill him don't yeah. kill him because i will get destroyed um, on the internet if i just leave that hanging i'm kidding um I don't yeah, like, like my that. favorite album of theirs is the White Album, which is a really like acoustic, stripped down album. And so mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just like a really big fan of straightforward lyrics, uh, which is why like I like a lot of what I heard so far. Um, it's not nearly as fast as anything that you were saying. I have there's this song I think it's called uh, "Take It Way Back" off mm-hmm. the new album, and I just have like I just have like that line stuck in my head like take, mm-hmm. it, take it back, take it way back, take it way 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 back to the to the first black man or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. just had that like th- during this whole podcast, like I've just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, like, dude. It's, like it's been driving. It's a tick at this point where I just want to. That's one good. of the things about his lyrics, like, or like it sticks with you because that that rhythmic delivery. Like, I I, I was listening to that at work, and I was like, man, this is this is gonna like get stuck in my head, isn't it? Like the the, the repetition of it uh, and everything. Like it it's it, so like Ken Kamar, his album came out a few weeks ago, and like I was wondering if we were gonna get to damn. <laughs> yeah, like. It's a really great album. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a Kendrick Lamar album. But like my issue with Kendrick Lamar, and this is gonna sound weird because I'm saying I have an issue with Kendrick Lamar, but be, and he's like the best rapper that's ever like rap. But like my issue that's is a that bold like statement. I no, I'm kidding. He's not the best rapper that's oh, ever. Oh, okay, rapped. okay. Yeah, I mean he's great. Oh yeah, I love Kendrick Lamar. Like he's probably one of my favorites. Like he's in my top ten for sure. Okay. But like my the thing the thing about damn his latest album is that. I half that album. I'm like, what are you even talking about anymore? Like, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I understand like the ideas of his songs and like some of the concepts, but it's like, dude, I need to like, if I need to look up what you're talking about on like rap genius and then like read every single annotation to understand, like, okay, this is what he's saying. Or like, 
because because the thing is, I listen to a lot of rap music, and I've been I've been a very big fan of Lupe Fiasco, who was the guy who kind of introduced me the ideas of like quadruple entendres in like your songs and like very deep layered meanings, and so like I understand that kind I of never, like I lyricism. Never, I never got into Lupe Fiasco. It's I think it's hard to get into Lupe Fiasco if you're like under the age of like. If you're under my age, like if okay. you're under the age of 22, I don't know if you could do it because I have. I mean, we're not that far apart. We're I, not. I, I should, but for all intents and purposes, Lupe like, Fiasco. I remember listening to Lupe like as a kid and being like kind of into it. But mm-hmm. I never, I never sought more out of him. His drop off was so sharp that like there is like a <laughs> like a quick divide of like okay. like me talking to somebody who was like a born one year after me being like and be like, why do you like Lupe Fiasco? And I'm like. You weren't there, man. If you were just there one year earlier, man, you would have you would understood, man. You listen to the cool, listen to food and liquor. Uh, his first two albums though, are like classic, classic, classic rap albums. The rest are like good, good to like pretty good. Tetsu One Youth, which was like in two albums ago, uh, was I think was like up there. But uh, what's the name of that one? Tetsuo on Youth, named after the Akira character. Tetsuo, oh okay, from Akira. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So he's a nerd. Yo, yeah, dude, he's a big nerd. Like, he's a, okay. that was, like, his thing when he first came out in, like, 2006. Like, he was known as, like, oh, he's, like, the nerd in hip-hop. Like, okay, I think that... he, like, popularized the idea that, like, a nerd could exist in hip-hop. That makes me feel better about him. Yeah. Like, if you listen to enough. his first, and I, I mentioned this on a podcast a few weeks ago, like, he had an album called The Cool, which was about a gangster that died and came back as a zombie, and he uh there are other characters in that concept album named the streets who was married to another character named the game um and it was like this whole thing of like creating like this like kind of somewhat like nerdy like like fantasy story within mm-hmm. this this album it was actually really good like that's like that album is the, is the album that introduced me like the idea of like layered uh deep lyrics and meaning uh within like rap lyrics and that was the one where i was like okay so this is what rapping's like this is what good rap is um, uh, does he does he do mostly uh, concept albums? Mm, no, no, no. That, just that, that one, album. I mean, yeah, because that one sounds. I mean, yeah, obviously it's a concept. Album. I'm really yeah. into concept albums. Me too. Uh, which is weird because I don't. It's like if you don't commit to the to the narrative that you're trying to say. That then I don't like like there's a lot of tracks that can come off really story heavy. Mm. And an album that is not actually trying to tell like a narrative, yeah. So there's like there's a weird desync there, yeah. Um, but like I I think uh I think for your eyes only, that is a concept album, but it's like it's really light. On you wouldn't concept. even know it was a concept album. Yeah. So then yeah. like, um, the actual song for your eyes only, and then there's a two part thing on there that I don't remember. Oh like yeah, those, the, um, those are like trying to tell the story, and like I cut those off of my, my really list because it's just like, I really like those songs. And... Like, really? yeah, like those songs. I feel like could you could listen to those songs without even like thinking that this is a concept album because they're the same. They're essentially like the same song, uh, except like the second one is a bit more. It's like a bit more sp- specific. Of like the first song sounds like it's a love song, and like I think you kind of realize like oh this is about like a child, like a daughter. Yeah. whatever and then like the second one is like specifically like oh okay you could like there's a baby like crying in this, in this one and, and like those ones, like the heartbeat yeah yeah and like those those songs i like because they're pretty chill and they're pretty laid back and they're like they're him singing um 
And yeah, I don't I mean, know. Maybe, like, there's, maybe I should listen to it again. There's something know, about those songs where I was like, I can, I can dig this because the thing is, like, Wet Dreams from uh, Forest Hills Drive, that yeah, J Cole album. Forest Hills Drive. Yeah, like Wet Dreams. I listened to it the first time. I was like, oh yeah, that was really great. And then I just never listened to it again because I didn't want to <laughs> because I was like, because that one was telling like a specific story. And there's something about me and like rap songs that do tell like a, that are trying to tell like a specific story where I was like, where I'm like, I can listen to this like a few times, but I can't like continually bump it because. I don't know. I've, I don't want to listen to like the same story over and over and over again. I just want to listen to music. I get you. I yeah. Get you. So I kind of get you, I kind of get you from that side of side of it. If that makes sense. That, no, that makes that makes total sense mm-hmm. to me. But yeah, like I don't know. Yeah. But back to uh, Logic. That's yeah, it. dude. That's a great album. Yeah. It's just a great. It album. really is. I uh, like um. Here's here's the thing. Uh, another thing that I don't like about like those those kind of story centric tracks mm-hmm. and. It goes even beyond those because there are other tracks that do it. Um, they just some tracks just go long, and like the opening track "Hallelujah" goes mm-hmm. long. It does. Like, I don't like. It's kind of part of the reason why um, "Me and Your Mama" off of Childish Gambino's last album, like it's it started rubbing me the wrong way after a while because mm-hmm. it, it like takes a while to get into the nitty gritty of the song. And then that part, I get mm. into it every yeah. time. Yeah. And then there's a minute after it where it just kind of really slowly fades out, but it's still looping endlessly and endlessly. It's just mm. like, just cut the song. Like, yeah. make it 20 seconds and just cut. The, like, it doesn't need to go for a minute. And a lot of the tracks on everybody surprisingly go kind of long, mm-hmm. which I find weird because the title track is less than three minutes dude yeah this that's weird because like of, yeah a few of the tracks are like just two minutes long where i'm like every like everybody the title track i'm just like this song needed to be like two more minutes longer because i'm bumping this track and all of a sudden exactly. it ends and i'm like i need more of this uh and i think w- part of what makes some of the songs longer is like skits like you put skits at the end of i'll tell hallelujah. you this yeah the skit at the end of hallelujah i really like Dude, wait till you get further because in that album. The dude casted Neil deGrasse Tyson as God. Dude, like, that is just wait until you get later in that album. Like, it's so good. Yeah. There's another skit on there uh, where it follows up on that skit where, where it's just great. It's yeah. it's. I've yeah. heard I've heard the skits in this are incredible. Yeah. Um, and then I, I listened like just before you hit me up to like start the show. I was listening to. The last one, which is Africarian, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that song, like, that song goes long. But Yeah, it does. It was worth it because I like the little skit towards the end there. And then he says something about, like, the fourth album, the last one. And I'm just like, okay, there's still, like, yeah. two minutes in the song. And then J. Cole comes out of nowhere and yeah, does a verse, a verse at the end of the song. And I'm just like, bruh! Dude, I'm I'm so glad I listened to that like I'm, I listened to the album from beginning to end and yeah I noticed the same thing of like man this track I looked at it, I was like man this track is long and then did the skit and so like what you probably don't know because you didn't listen to the incredible true story is that like the people in that um skit are oh, is from it a, the character their oh. characters from the incredible true story and like okay, the, enti- so the idea of the incredible incredible true story is that like they're like space explorers and so they have their own skits in that and so basically like they're making a return from that and in the incredible true story they essentially like the story was okay they just listened to logic's first album now they're gonna listen to the second one which is the incredible true story and so it's just like them just listening to it 
the third okay. this album i guess was them listening to this like at the end i guess like the reveal was okay they've been listening to this third album and now like mm. the next one is his, supposed to be his last one like i was I expecting know. that which is kind of like it makes me sad because i'm like dude i want logic to rap forever but at the same time like to commit to something like that is crazy i think louis fiasco did the same thing in the cool but he ended up making like five more albums but he he was like oh yeah my next album's gonna be called lup end and he mentions it um a few times in the cool but like he never made lup end and so like i don't i i, I somewhat have doubts that this next album is gonna be his last album if it is I'm, then i'm like I'm, all power to him because I'm it's like a complete kind of thing logic logic isn't i mean what i'm thinking it might be is that if it is the end it's the end of this story Mm-hmm. like the next album might be the end for this story i didn't know that it was a story that carried over so now that yeah. i know that it's like in parts then yeah it's probably just the end of like the space explorer story yeah because i mean the dude still feels like and i mean he's he's still young enough that he could pump out a whole lot of this and i feel yeah. like he's it's not even that he's young it's just that he's so he seems like so energetic about being in the rap game Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's he's gonna continue, but yeah, it just might be the end of this story. I had the same thoughts too because like he so he has like a lot of music out, which makes me think like okay, maybe he might retire because he like he's done he's made so much music that like it, I could I could see it being like a period being like okay, I'm done now. But also, I do think you I do think that's I've had the same thought of like, okay, maybe it's the end of this arc because like the, these first four albums or at least these three, first three albums that he's done have had similar artwork like they're all like all the artwork for all of them are like painted and okay. the <clears throat> like oh, the by skits the way, just just a side thing the artwork for everybody is oh yeah, it's magnificent amazing. yeah and I, I like i like the fact that it includes uh like um ashley johnson like she's she's in it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's like like all the all the people from like critical role i i'm pretty sure are in it because apparently he does D with these guys on the side it's just like damn it it's i, I want to be logic right he's so yeah um but yeah like the thing like the first album it has like the skits are um talia which are like which is like this like ai female voice and then like the second out like he ties all these albums together and he did the same thing with his mixtapes his mixtapes were all called young sinatra and he made four of those um okay. but then he switched the albums and made and so it could be a thing of like after this next album he might like just like start new mm-hmm but I have no idea. But yeah, like we should talk about other stuff because I can talk about I can talk about rap music all day. Um, I have but... nobody to ever talk about rap. I'm not like a rap connoisseur. Mm-hmm. I just realized my love for it like over the last year and a half, really. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I like I was born, I was born in the hood. And, like I, <laughs> I've not left the hood like mm-hmm. my whole life. So I'm I'm very much ready to talk about hip hop most of the time. Let's talk about dear white people. Okay. Which is kind of like hip hop. Uh, I've only seen the first two episodes. Okay, I've seen the first six. Okay, what are your thoughts on it so far? It's really good. Um, it's satire, so it goes over the top sometimes. Uh, I think I think some of the the dialogue is a little spotty some of the times. Mm-hmm. These like, I I don't pretend to go to some fine establishment for school. Because these guys clearly go to like an Ivy League, mm-hmm. but like they, I I tweeted about this earlier too. Um, I tweet a lot of things at Platinum Ranger in case you want to know where I'm at. There you go. See, so that's how you plug. Is the plug. See, that's how uh, you do it. 
I, I tweet a lot, but so you probably don't want to actually follow me. But in case you do, there it is. Um, they they're like twenty. As a matter of fact, I know for a fact that one of them is twenty. I don't know, I don't remember who, but I know that they're all basically the same age and they're all twenty, like mm. on the dot. And they speak like they're founding fathers at times, which rubs me <laughs> the wrong way. But besides, like some of their dialogue, I, I think it's I think it's a pretty good show. I think the message is as timely as it could ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, white people. It's it is pointing a finger at your behavior. At the same time though, they're like it's it's while it's directly telling white people like hey, this is what you probably shouldn't do to black people. It's also it's also subtly saying things that black people should not do onto other black people and onto white people as well. So, mm-hmm. like, because I know, I know when the trailer came out, the show started getting a lot of flack because they were yeah. just like, "Oh, this is this is directly pointed like this is reverse racism." Da 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 da. And I hate that term so much, but people actually said that, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, you could view some of it as a uh, as racist. I, I certainly wouldn't blame somebody, but at the same time, it's just like, what this show is spotlighting isn't exactly abnormal behavior like this mm-hmm. this i'm not black so i'm not going to pretend that i know what black people get but i've been around black people and i've seen the shit that they get from from white people and there's specifically an episode that you need to see um that shows like it shows like the same situation of like the the relationship between like black people and the cops in the last mm-hmm. few years it's a really intense episode, and I feel like everybody should see it. But yeah, like it's 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 very much like what's going on in the world. Like it's it's not doing anything crazy new, but I also don't feel like it's a bad thing for more of our popular media to be spotlighting that behavior. So yeah, dear white people, gets a thumbs, thumbs up, up and a half from me. Nice, yeah. awesome. I watched the. Did you know there's a movie? I did. Um, I didn't until like I. W- I heard about the controversy when the trailer came out, but it was the first time I had ever heard of Dear White People, mm-hmm. and then I only started watching it today because I saw that it was on the dock and I wanted to be able to talk about it. And then while I was looking it up, I noticed, oh, there's a there's a movie from like three years ago about it, um, mm-hmm. and apparently that had a that Tyler James Williams in it. So I oh yeah, the movie it. had a, had a cast. The thing, so that's the thing that pissed me out when the trailer came out, is the fact that like I had watched the movie when it originally came out in two thousand fourteen, yes. um, and yeah, like when the trailer came out for the Netflix series, like when I saw that like people were going crazy over it, I was like, do you guys not know that there's already a movie about this and like that like you could watch it and see what the what the story is actually about? Because what yeah. I didn't know actually going into the Netflix show, I thought it was just like a recreation of the movie. It's actually like a sequel to the movie. Like it follow, it picks up. Oh, it picks up after. Yeah, right after. Like, the movie is, like, them building up to the white face party. Or black face party, sorry. Oh, um, okay. That's the movie. Okay. And I'd rec- I'd recommend any, like, everybody watch that movie. Like, the kids, some, the actors are different. I don't know if all of them are different. I know most of them um, are probably different. Most of them, from what I've seen, are different. The yeah. The dude who plays uh, Reggie 
is apparently the same guy from the movie. That's what, it, yeah, that's what I thought. It like blew my mind because I was like, this guy looks really familiar. Yeah, I think I think he might be one of the only holdovers from the movie though. Because mm-hmm. I like I know the lead, the lead, Sam the lead girl, is a different girl. Yeah, because I was because I, I was in love with the girl in the movie. <laughs> like I, I'm still because she's also in um, Westworld, and I was like, I saw her in Westworld. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna love this show. Uh, oh, really? But yeah, I, I, I think I, mean, I think yeah, it's the I same know. girl. But yeah, I've, I saw I first saw her in Dear White People, and I was like, oh, that's that's Bay right there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they changed her in this one, which I was like, oh man, why? But yeah, they changed her. They changed the uh, Afro dude whose name I can never remember from Everybody Hates Lionel. Chris to another guy, Lionel. Yeah, they changed him from Everybody Hates Chris to another guy. Um, was his episode the second one? Yeah. Okay, so you. How does that one end? Uh, with him, furiously or feverishly? No, furiously. What's the word I'm looking for? Furiously, feverishly, they all work. Yeah, him, him just pleasuring himself nonstop. Yeah, okay, okay. Slowly, while we're looking at the camera in a close up, shirtless. It was. I was like, man, yo, this that, is a this is a way to end an episode. Yo, his roommate Troy has like an episode. I think it might even be the next one. That mm-hmm. dude needs to invest in shirts. Dude, right? That dude like is always shirtless. Him around. That dude is always shirtless. And to be fair, the dudes. Dude looks good, but it's just like, all right, I'm sitting on a couch watching this, and you're really making me feel bad about myself. Could you not? Yeah. Also, like, there's a vagina in the show, which came out of nowhere, and I'm pretty sure it's CGI. And I'll, yeah, it looks weird, right? It looks weird. Yeah. I'm like, man, this looks very, this looks computer generated for some reason. Yeah. Like it does not. This does not look natural. So yeah, in case you haven't noticed, listeners, um, it goes there really quickly in two yeah. in two episodes. There's yeah, there's vaginas, there's shirtless dudes. The first time he masturbated was like it was awkward. I, it came out of nowhere, which is yeah, because he was like putting on his headphones and he was just like, all right, I'm just gonna ignore this, and then he just stops that plan immediately and he's just like, all right, I'm gonna jack it a bit, and I'm just like, okay, yeah. and then they go like really into it and like tear down the wall. And yeah. he's imagining his roommate actually. I'm like, I've with never been I've never been so glad to not watch a show with my family because Yo, like Oh my dad walked in <laughs> on that. And then like the, he came in again like on the on the almost threesome scene that happened before. And I was mm-hmm. just like, This show needs to stop or my dad needs to leave. One of the two. Yeah. Because I told my sister Thankfully I, the I, show slows down after that. Yeah. But Jesus. I told my sister like like a, a, the day before I watched that episode, I was like, "Hey, we should watch Dear White People," and like yeah. I like I got home and I was like, "You know, I'm just gonna watch it myself." And thank goodness I did because that episode would have been super awkward because like yeah. this, this is like hella like just craziness going on. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the show's pretty good. Like I really like the sh- I really like the movie so far. The first two episodes, I like it. The second episode, the only thing I don't like about the second episode is like, I feel like some like some of like the the graphic stuff is is kind of like uh, gratuitous. But aside from that, it's, it was. It was the show is great. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know why there was a need for the, the up close CGI vagina, but yeah, that was really. It came out. I, I had to rewind it because I wasn't really, sure. I like. Yeah, so it's just like she's taking it off. Like you can either show it from like far, or you can just yeah. not show it at all. You could because show like, her taking it, it off. Looks, from like far it looks away. CGI, so I feel like she doesn't want. Like the actress didn't want to show it. Yeah. And it's just like I don't feel like that shot adds anything. Like why? Yeah, it felt very. It was very 
unexpected like all of a sudden like she was like taking off her stuff slowly then it was like just a quick cut to a close-up vagina like a close-up hairy one and i was like huh yeah <laughs> i, I did not know did not expect that i don't know if it's just that like lionel is uncomfortable in the situation like they wanted to make the viewer uncomfortable mm-hmm. but i mean like there i was already i was already like getting uncomfortable with how like how things were going like i didn't need the up close vagina but yeah no good show besides vaginas nice man that's put that on the put that on the box set man put make that the title of this episode uh let's talk about the topic of the show real quick uh because we've been going along but it's been a good conversation Uh, so i don't mind it um but i have stuff to do and so let's go get to the topic real quick um topic of this episode it's very simple what does xbox need to do at e3 to win our love and affection now, Mo- Moses, Moises, however you like, you'd like it pronounced. Momo, Momo, for for show show. Uh, here's the thing, PlayStation lately, it's been killing it with the exclusives, and the games, and I mean mainly just those two things, like the exclusives and the games. They've been killing it. Uh, Nintendo, it's been coming out with the Switch. Switch has been pretty successful so far. Switch, Switch has come out of the gate real strong. Of course, Microsoft has the Scorpio that is coming out. I think is gonna soon be dead on arrival. I don't know if it's gonna be dead on arrival. But I don't think it's gonna like take off. I, I but, think it might be dead on arrival. Well, that's why that's actually why I want I want to ask this question because like I feel like lately they've been like slacking a bit, not slacking, but like they've not been what's popping a bit. And I guess that's been since the beginning of the Xbox One generation. But since <laughs> since the announcement conference, for yeah, since the, the announcement Xbox of the One. Xbox One, they've not been what's popping but i do feel like lately just like like what was the last exclusive game that you can think of that came out for the xbox one like forza maybe like maybe record i don't i forget which one of those came out more more close but like i think they both came out honestly within like a week of each other yeah and since then like playstation released nothing yakuza zero neo near automata persona 5 was Gears Resident 4 Evil, VR. Was, Gear, was Gears 4 last year or the year before that? That was last year. That was last yeah, year. that was around that, that same time. Be, that might be the last yeah. great exclusive they got. And actually, now that you mentioned that, it might be different business strategies. This this is be going through a mental journey. It seems like Sony's business strategy as of the last few years has been to release the, their exclusives during spring and then to let the let their third let third parties take over during the fall. And I think Xbox has, has been releasing more of their exclusives during the fall which might have led to like this last spring me feeling like man what's xbox doing um but even so actually yeah because the only thing that i can think of coming out last spring for them was uh like quantum break but yeah unfortunately that game like suffered from i haven't played it but like it suffered from just not being up to remedy's like quality as usual Mm -hmm. so that like that game suffered a bit for that but yeah like they they released their games in in weird times yeah like and here's my th- thing their, also their exclusive should not be co- exclusive should never compete in the holiday season because exclusives are exclusives mm-hmm. they only come out on one platform how are you going to compete with destiny 2 which is mm-hmm. like building off of a hugely successful first one that's on multiple platforms and is even now expanding to more platforms by releasing one thing 
that comes to one platform. Like that's just yeah, that's financial suicide. <laughs> Another thing I noticed with Microsoft is that like their exclusives also I feel like are losing their like specialness that's not a word but like they they feel less distinguished like forza is an amazing game uh played a forza forza i played forza horizon 3 that was my first one i really liked it uh gears 4 came out which i think had great great reviews but like with like gears 4 halo uh quantum break like i don't feel like these games are really pulling people in like no, I feel like these games lack not, the unfortunately yeah like they lack the depth like even when I was when I was mentioning like all the Sony exclusives that have came out like I I forgot Horizon Zero Dawn like if I if I were to go go through Sony's exclusives right like Yakuza Yakuza Zero very Japanese game Neo Dark Souls like uh Nier Automata hack and slash Japanese RP, RPG uh Persona Five well acclaimed deep Japanese RPG about schoolboys and girls um. Horizon Zero Dawn, like forty-hour Western RPG, like uh, uh, Resident Evil VR. Uh, I guess Microsoft doesn't have VR, so it doesn't 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 count. Um, but like, they're slacking though. Like they, yeah, like Quantum probably like, should have a VR. Quantum Break, Halo, and Gears are all just like shooters, and like I think they're you would identify them as like bro shooters, which I don't want to use that as, as like a negative term because if you like those games, like that's that's your thing, right? And like I like I like Forza, and that's like a sports racing game, right? But, like, it seems that, like, there's a divide. Like, gamers uh, gravitate more towards, like, the more deep stuff. And not saying that, like, Halo's not deep because Halo is, like, Halo's Halo. But I don't know. Like, it, feel, it feels like they're missing, like, that sauce. There, and, there's, there's a diversity lacking in yeah. Xbox's portfolio. Like, they have Forza I've never played, but from all intents and purposes, great, like, car game great mm-hmm. like those are great racing games um playstation already has one of those uh gran yeah. turismo which has been around longer and like that's I, I mean i feel like that's one of the other things like a lot of the first party studios have they've all made like their own series um but they never stuck to one thing for too long like i feel like mm-hmm. the forza guys have only made forza games since like 2006 or whatever um the halo guys bungie like went on to do something else and that went third party and then like instead of using 343 to maybe make something new and original they made 343 make the sequel saga because it it went from a trilogy to a saga now Mm -hmm. a sequel saga to the original halo trilogy which i only played recently and I I think it's great, um, but like they like they needed something new there. Um, Gears. I've never played a Gears either, but like for like when they like when like the people who made the game originally ended it, I feel like it should have stayed dead for all in, for like all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, like those games are all good, but those games like had their moment. And like you need you need to move on to like as as much as the world is constantly evolving and moving on to new things, Microsoft definitely has to. But mm-hmm. instead of putting like the capital behind funding new things, like they turn two studios who may have been great at doing their own games into the Gears Studio 
and the Halo studio. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a horrible like that's how you create like creative stagnancy <laughs> and that's not good when especially when your console is not selling the best. What you want is more unique, different things to draw different people in. That's why like Scalebound was Rest in peace, Scalebound. By the way, oh, I um, wanted that game so much. Scale like Scalebound was a really like Japanese exclusive to the Xbox console, which is something mm-hmm. that is relatively unheard of with Xbox. Which is why that was such a good move. And then, for reasons that I don't think are Microsoft's fault, I think something probably went wrong in Platinum. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that game just stopped. And that, like, that really screwed them over because that was at least the first step in to creating that diverse portfolio that they need. But with that, like, dead in the water, and, like, they keep, they, like, they just keep shooting down, like, good ideas. Like, Phantom Dust is getting a re, like, a remaster instead of the remake that it was supposed to be getting a few years back. Mm-hmm. And, like, I looked at gameplay of that, that, polygon debuted like two three days ago that game does not look any better than its 2004 iteration Mm. and like that's a really unique game that could have done so well if it had just looked better like not back then but now like that that is Mm. a that is an opportunity to reintroduce people to a game that like a lot of people just straight up didn't play but has the unique premise that is what Microsoft needs. And then besides that, like they're putting they're putting everything that they have behind two brands, Gears and Halo, which like you said are two shooters and like mm-hmm. their protagonists quite frankly are really dull. You know, like PlayStation unfortunately had Kratos, but like now they also have Aloy and they have Nathan Drake. And like the PS2 era alone has Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper. Who's the other guy that I'm missing? Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper. I don't know, Attack in the Power of Juju. Attack in Oh my god. Attack <laughs> that was in the a great, power that was a great game. I used to love that game. Um Yo, no, I know who you're I talking love... about, I just can't think of it. Jack? No, you, did Jack. you say Jack? Yo, yeah, okay, how yeah. did I miss Jack? Jack Jack 2 is one of my favorite games. <laughs> um yeah, Jack. Hell, they even had Spyro. Like, they have these legacy characters that they've been building up for years. And, like, they've maintained the relationship with those studios enough that they're willing to let them grow and then Mm -hmm. make new series with new heroes and new faces. And so, like, Sony realized that they need to constantly be reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. Whereas Microsoft has been spinning the same bullshit out since like halo came out in what 2001 like yeah some yeah halo is nearly 20 years old and we're still getting halos instead of something crazy new the last great ip that came to xbox in my honest opinion is sunset overdrive and that is never getting a sequel Mm -hmm. and that is sad because that is a crazy unique even if not perfect game it's just like you can build on that. Like maybe that character is not a face that you can market, but that game falls into not even a genre. It just fits like a mood, like a, a fun mood that I feel like a lot of the games 
are lacking on Xbox. And I hate to break it to Microsoft, but if you want to make a, a like a good game because you want to make money, you should probably make a fun game. And I hate to say it, but like Halo is not crazy fun, especially when you've been doing it for almost 20 years. Gears mm-hmm. is not that fun when you've been doing it since like for 11 years now. Like they need new stuff, but they are unwilling to, which is why I think Scorpio is going to be dead on arrival. Because Scorpio is just, it's them thinking that they're, like, they're chasing the PC market, but the PC market is on the PC not just for the higher power of a rig, but because Steam has crazy variety. Steam literally has almost every game ever. And that's, like, that's not a thing that Microsoft is playing to. Like, they're playing to, oh, we can, we can make things look better, (laughs) Like we can make, we can generate more things on screen. We have mm-hmm. the flops to run this on the cloud, or what, like I don't know. Like, and I'm so into games media, but I don't care about anything that comes out about the Scorpio because none of it is games. Like the reason you messed up the Xbox One announcement is because you didn't focus on games. They focused on like what the technology could do, and Scorpio is just another like it's another situation where Microsoft is just like. Hey y'all, we have good tech, but it's just like we don't doubt your tech. We just want the fun games to bring us into play. Mm-hmm. And that's my yeah, rant on Microsoft. <laughs> like I think the thing about Microsoft that I've noticed from them that they've been doing well lately is their services. Like backwards compatibility, I think was a very big move. Backwards compatibility like, is the of, greatest thing about yeah. the Xbox One. Yeah, that's like that's, that's one of the reasons why I use it. Like that's one of the reasons I have it is because like I, I can play Banjo and I can play Bioshock and I can play like old games. Um, the, the last new game I played on my Xbox was Fallout Four. Hmm. I don't. I, I don't last, even play third party games on it. But the last game I played on it was Catherine, <laughs> and before that, like Red Dead, and then before that, like maybe Ooh, State of Decay. I should get Red Dead, but yeah, you like definitely got Red Dead. I mean, so Red like Dead back two is coming, yo. I I so I played the first Red Dead. I I reached almost the end and I stopped because I realized I do not like Red Dead. Uh, that's another controversial thing all throughout there. I don't like Red Dead Redemption, <sighs> and it's crazy because Rockstar is my favorite game studio. Like Rockstar <clears throat> is one of my favorite game studios because of uh, Grand Theft Auto, but I don't like Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I'm uh, sorry, world. I am so sorry for existing. Well, me and you are gonna like. We're gonna have a fist fight in <laughs> San Francisco. But yeah, like their backwards one of my compatibility. Uh, uh, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, like their um, their subscription service. I think is like a dynamic thing that they're doing. Like the uh, Netflix Netflix like service that they're gonna start doing for games. Oh, I think um, that's... the Game Pass. Where yeah, it has, Game like, Pass. Rotating monthly, like ten or so games that you get free. Yeah, and I think they're. I I I think it's probably gonna expand like a lot beyond that. I assume like it sounds like they want it. The way they've been talking about it, it sounds like they want it to be like the Netflix for games, which I think is like the correct uh, path to go down. Especially since you can download them and play it, as opposed yeah. to PlayStation Now, where you you're streaming them, which doesn't work. It works with movies on Netflix because you don't have to like control movies. But when you're playing a game, you don't want there to be a lot of a lot of latency. Um, yeah. PS Now really and so, bad. <laughs> yeah, and so like when I think of e3 coming right and i want you to answer this first like in 30 seconds you're the director of xbox you're the director of microsoft games division or whatever uh 
pitch to me the E3 conference you have to throw in order to win Moises over. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, um, 30, 30 seconds. 30 seconds? 30 seconds? Um, yep. Sunset Overdrive 2, please. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know, like... That's the thing. Like, there's there's nothing they could really do at this point. Like, they they need fresh new games. They can open on a Halo and end on a Gears or whatever. But I want five fresh new IP coming from like even relatively unknown studios. Like, I want new mm-hmm. blood under Microsoft Studios' first party. Like, they they really need to reinvent like everything about their games division. Hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the closest I could get. Like, you can open on the familiar and you can end on the familiar, but everything in between needs to be different except for Sunset Overdrive 2. Nice. Okay, cool. I'd nice. really okay, like let's... to stop hearing about Forza. People love Forza, man. I actually, I, 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 I feel, I was the same way before I played Forza. And then I played Forza Horizon 3 because I got an Xbox this last fall. And I was like, hmm, I get it now. I don't know how, I don't know how much, I, I probably wouldn't like the regular Forza. Like Forza Seven or whatever would come out next, because like I don't like the simulator racing games. But Forza Horizon Three reminds me of like it's like Burnout without the Rex, which sounds horrible. That sounds that sounds awful. But like that that I don't even have a way to redeem that. That just sounds bad. But no, somehow yeah, they make it work. <laughs> they can make that work. Yeah, yeah. you know what? Um, Burnout without the Rex would be that bad. It would be like it would cut the fun in half, but that would still be pretty fun because it wouldn't speed. be Burnout though, would it? Yeah, it wouldn't be Burnout. It would just be Need for Speed. Yeah. Uh, which burnt out. Burnt out, sh- yeah. That was actually really uh, good. What was the last Need for Speed game? Was that Need for Speed in, like, 2015, 2014? The, like, the reboot that they that, tried yeah. to do. The, like, the fifth reboot. Yeah. Now, the, I I think it says that the next one's supposed to come out this year, but we haven't heard anything about it. I doubt it. Um. Actually, I have two things that I'd like to actually mm-hmm. throw into the 30 seconds. What thing. up? Um... And there are two things that we already know, but I just want like release dates for them, and I want them now. I want a Sea of Thieves release date, and I want a State of I want State of Decay two gameplay reveal and a release date for like sometime in October, like sometime around October. I'm gonna want to play a zombie game. Are and you I'd excited like for, for Sea of Thieves? Of two. Uh, yes, yes. I don't understand I've... why people are excited for that game. To be honest, and I'm Rare's biggest fan. Like, I'm Rare. See, actually, I'm, I'm, screw, I don't have screw any Rockstar. Rare's my favorite. I don't have what? any love for like uh, rare because I I didn't really grow up playing rare games. Hmm. But like Sea of Thieves just looks like a cool thing. Their water looks dope, and I I like I like the idea of a pirates game that's not Pirates of the Caribbean Online mm. because I or used to play Creed. that and it was bad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, maybe I want, I'm a hater. I, I want like a game that makes pirating fun because Assassin's Creed Black Flags was like mildly but it was more assassin's creed than really like a pirate. I, I think know. the thing i think what it is for me is the fact that i do not like pirates i do not like the idea of pirates like pirates are so lame to me i think like, I, I prefer really cool. my uh, i can't imagine the kind of person that thinks pirates are cool though. like i think of pirates and i think of like like hey, these guys Ryuji's, with one leg ryuji's and, like, persona is a pirate okay yeah so. which is why i do not like his persona I mean, I, I guess like I don't like pirates. Period. I think that explains it for me actually, because I've been hating on Sea of Thieves for a while. Like, if you listen, if you're an earlier earlier listener of OKBs, you understand that I'm not hyped for Sea of Thieves whatsoever. And I think I just discovered just right now that I just don't like pirates. There and so, go. thank you. Uh, you're like I, a therapist, man. I, <laughs> I try. Uh, surprisingly, I, I had um, my friend that you talked to, Glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we we like stopped talking for a while not because of anything but just we were busy with school and then i had to call because my friends were having like an affair no not an affair (laughs) um they were having like issues amongst themselves and Mm. she actually like called me up to be like their therapist and then after that she was like i'm gonna call you every week so that you can you can mediate our issues i was like totally because then i'd hear more from you guys and that never happened but they still call often (laughs) what a nice young man uh let's get into questions real quick uh first question comes from chase williams he asks moises what is the role of a good critic what's the relationship between critic and creator and which role is more challenging leave it to chase to ask me some really weird difficult things dude chase will get you i don't chase will ask you questions that'll have you rethinking like your place in this industry i really i really i don't know that guy just rubs me the wrong way (laughs) uh i love you chase um okay so the role of a critic it's actually fairly simple to me like the role of a critic you are the taste maker of your industry like you you somehow and and that's why i think it's so hard you somehow have to divorce yourself from a game or a, mm-hmm. or a movie or anything like we're just talking in general a critic you need to be able to like divorce yourself from the product enough to give like an objective evaluation of it i don't feel like any of us should be critiquing things and like judging it like oh should it be considered art or not i think that's way above most of our heads mm-hmm. but i think I think a critic should be able to objectively be able to say if anything is good or bad. And like you are the person who starts a dialogue quite frequently about any one thing. Like hmm. uh I don't know like Colin Moriarty was like the only person banging the drum about Shovel Knight. And I think he was that he was the one who like ended up reviewing it. And so like he started like that dialogue. Because mm-hmm. he he was able to view a thing for being like an objectively good game, even though he has some nostalgia for games of that era. Like, I think most of us can say like if we've played Shovel Knight that like Shovel Knight is a really good game. Mm-hmm. And like, so that's that's like what a critic should be. Um, somehow though, like just as I said that you need to be able to divorce yourself from it enough to um, be able to properly say if it's objectively good or not. Uh, I think you also need to be, you need to allow yourself some subjectivity, like, just to see if anything, like, and this is getting into, like, the deeper conversation of, like, art that I just said is above all our heads. Um, I think you need to be able to see if something can resonate with you, like, emotionally. Um, and I, I feel like that's the best way to gauge, like, art like the way because the way i would say i would define art is any piece of media that elicits like a strong emotional reaction out of you um and since that's so subjective because like games make me cry like music makes me cry like but like maybe not all of those are and this is where it gets complicated (laughs) uh so like again a critic needs to be able to view it objectively good or bad and start a dialogue about a thing um but also like if you want to evaluate if you want to evaluate it for like being art or not there needs to be like some subjectivity in there to see if it elicits an emotional reaction 
and I think he asked, um, what was the other thing about creators? Um, let's see. What's the relationship between critic and creator? Critic and which creator? is more challenging? Well, I think I think the creator is pro- probably has the more challenging of the two because the creator is responsible. Like, if a critic is the taste maker, mm-hmm. then I mean he's tasting something. Like, mm-hmm. he needs to be able to pass judgment on a thing. Like, it it is on the creator to feel inspired enough to not just think of a thing and think like, oh, that's neat, but actually breathe life into a thing and like bring it to the people. And then it's up to the the critic to see, hey, is this good? Is this worth sharing or not? And da 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 da. And then so that's like their relationship. Uh, that's their real. Actually, that's their relationship, and that's um, who I think has it harder. Mm. So I answered both. I answered all your questions, Chase. Now nice. Fuck off. Awesome, man. That's actually a, a perfect way to just end this podcast right there. Really? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Moises, thank you once again for joining me. Uh, very convenient, like very good timing. Like I ask you, you say yes. Ian calls in, is like, "Yo, I can't make it." All, then all of a sudden, it's just us, and we just got to have this nice little talk. I still can't believe Ian didn't even make it to the show that he wanted me on. That's I'm crazy. saying right, like, you're, like Ian. Ian was the one that was like, "Yo, let's get Moses on. Let's get Moses on." I'm like, well, "Okay, let's do it. Let's get it, let's get him on." And I get you on. All of a sudden, he's like, "No, nah, fam, I'm not. I'm not you. I got family to take care of." I'm like, "Man." First of all, I'm your family. <laughs> you ever think about that? I'm your I'm saying. Uh but no, yeah, dude, like once again, where can people find you, whether on Twitter or on your website? Uh you can find me at Twitter, uh at at Platano Ranger. That is P L A T A N O Ranger. Uh you can find you can find Late to the Game, my website at late to games dot wordpress dot com because I can't get the the fancy URL just yet. And you can find late to the game on Twitter at late to games. Nice. That is basically everywhere you'll want to find me. Perfect. And you can also find me on Twitter at blessing junior. You can of course find me on okbeast.com. Remember that the okbeast podcast is a gaming and nerd culture centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world. We are the official podcast of okbeast.com. If you like the show, remember to subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit okbeast.com and follow at okbeast now on Twitter. I have been blessing. That has been Momo. I'll see you next episode. Say bye to the people, Moises. Bye, everybody. I love you.